This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to preview Wimbledon is Kenny Ducey from the Game Day HQ and covers. Well, we'll get to Wimbledon just in just a bit, Kenny. But uh, as someone who follows the New York Knicks carefully and the fact that NBA free agency is happening later today, who do you want the Knicks to acquire? What do you want New York's basketball team to do? Well, I'm I'm happy that Josh Hart opted into his player deal to save the Knicks a little bit of money. I think that this guy just continues to add to his New York Knicks legacy, despite the fact he's not even on the floor. So I'm happy about that. I would love to see them add Dante DiVincenzo. Love Dante DiVincenzo. I have no idea how he fits with the Knicks because they have a ton of guards, but Dante DiVincenzo to me is one of the best uh, names about, available on the market right now. I thought he was a big-time contributor for the Bucks, uh and the Warriors, and I think that he is going to help someone quite a bit. So that's actually a guy that I'm looking at a lot. Um, obviously, there's there's plenty of discussion in the trade market for the New York Knicks. I mean, I, I really – I think their best chance is just to run it back. The Sixers, obviously, are, are going to get rid of James Harden. And I think the New York Knicks have a very good opportunity here to maybe take the East. So, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would change too much, honestly. Love that you're a big Josh Hart guy. Covered him in high school here in the DMV. So I'm happy to see him doing well. Speaking of running it back, uh, Djokovic is minus 175 to win Wimbledon. He is the favorite. Where are you looking when it comes to men's futures at Wimbledon? Well, I've already gone ahead and taken out a ticket. I know that Djokovic to win this tournament. And uh, after mm-hmm. seeing the draw, I certainly don't know if there's going to be anything standing in his way, I mean, I think the, the thing is about Novak Djokovic is that he just does not have the number of competitors or uh, really people who can come after him on a grass court that he has in the year, in years past. I mean, Matteo Berrettini is a guy that's met him in the final before. He is coming off an injury. He has not played on grass this season. Nick Kyrgios is a guy coming off an injury. Uh, he has only played one match all year. And then he's also, the only one was on a grass court. He really couldn't move. It was two weeks ago. So we're kind of worried about what his fitness is going to be. Um, you know, Novak Djokovic really just should have an easy path to the final, or at least to the, uh, to the, the semifinal, the quarterfinal, rather. He may face Kyrgios there if Kyrgios is able to you know, whip himself into form. Alexander Bublik is an option. But, I mean, really, I don't see anything holding back Novak Djokovic from reaching, reaching the semifinals when he meets, when he meets uh, whoever, Yannick Sinner or Roberto Bautista, Gut, Taylor Fritz, you name it, in the semis. You feel pretty good about him coming through that. You certainly don't think Casper Ruud on the other half of this, uh, on the other half of this half, or in the other quarter on this half, is going to be able to get there. So, um, you know, there's really just few guys that can knock off Djokovic, and especially being opposite Alcaraz in the draw, uh, being opposite Medvedev, being opposite Runa. 
makes me love this even more. It's Shades of the French Open where Djokovic should just have a pretty easy quarter, and then he'll have, mm-hmm. he'll have you know, I think his, his pickings of whoever it is on the other side. I think he's going to win this tournament, and I do not think it's going to be close. It is interesting when you sort of look at the state of tennis right now that you have fewer and fewer, say, specialists on, on particular surfaces, it seems like, where hard courts are reigning supreme and having, say, fewer and fewer opportunities to play on on grass, to play on clay. It really does feel like that, say, if you are an older tennis player, then maybe your smarts matter just that much more. Is that another reason why you're backing Djokovic here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very good point. And, you know, Ed, what we talk about with grass courts a lot, or, or what we don't really talk about, which we should, is the, the footing. I mean, a lot of these players are not used to playing on grass. We saw Carlos Alcaraz, Ben Shelton, a lot of young players, Holgaruna, just trying to get a feel for how to run on this surface, how to slide, how to move. Uh, we saw several players hit the deck, uh, young players trying to figure out how to, how to run around on grass. So, I think it's I think it's definitely an advantage when you've played on the surface before. It's also a surface that you know historically you don't play on a lot because there's only three weeks of grass court tennis leading up to Wimbledon. So that is another way that experience can help you because you know Carlos Alcaraz, we just don't know how how good he's going to look for two weeks of five, best of five tennis on a grass court, given the fact that he's hardly played on the surface in his career. Only played a handful of matches there last year, and you know I mean this year he won Queens, but he didn't really beat the best players. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, it's it's a weird surface because you can't really be a grass specialist because if you can play well on grass, you're normally good on a fast hard court, which is essentially the same. Adrian Manorino is the, probably the closest thing to a grass specialist we have. But then again, like, very good on a fast hard court. So, hard to say that. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's I think it's definitely a tournament where experience is going to help you. And you've got a guy in Novak Djokovic that has won the last four Wimbledons uh, yeah, I think that that definitely helps him, and I think that he wins the fifth. Yep, I'm with you. What, how, what other ways might you be betting Wimbledon? Give us some insight here, how you like to bet it. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, so obviously I've kind of thrown a wet blanket on the men's straw because I'm like, all right, well, Novak Djokovic is going to just run through everybody. Why do I even bet the futures market? Well... I will say that I think there's going to be a ton of value, and we just got the draw out hours ago, so there's no lines up yet for quarter prices that I can see. But what I will say is because we just got the draw, uh, there's a few players that I'm looking at in quarter two that could come out of this one, or at least two in my mind. Sebastian Corda is a guy that I'm looking to bet early and often at Wimbledon. A very good lawn tennis player, American. His dad was very good on grass as well. He debuted at Wimbledon two years ago, went to the fourth round, really should have made the quarterfinals. He had a, a break lead in the fifth set against Karen Hatchinoff, couldn't serve it out multiple times. He was young. Uh, he was 20 years old at that time. He's, he's older now. He's got more experience, and I think his path is pretty good here. Yuri Vesely's kind of a tough draw in round one because he's a big server, but uh, as long as nothing goes wrong there, I mean, he, he's beaten Cameron Norrie on a grass court as recently as two weeks ago. I, could, I think he could do that. And then if he gets through there, I mean, Stefano Sitsipas has been – 
pretty bad on grass this season. Andy Murray, I mean, at, at, if he gets to the third round, I don't think he's going to have any, you know, any gas left in that very small gas tank uh, at, at that age. And, yeah, I mean, and then the other side of the straw, it's just Neil Medvedev, who's not really experienced on grass and who I don't think Korda's really going to fear. So I actually think Korda or Nori, whoever wins that potential third-round match, I think that they win this quarter. So those are the two that I'm going to be backing to win this quarter um, as soon as those lines come out. But that I think that's a good way to bet on any Grand Slam is betting quarter prices. Um, but at, at the same time, you want to look at the women's draw. You look at Coco Golf is in quarter run with Iga Spiatek. I like, I like that for Coco Golf because I think Iga Spiatek is actually the most vulnerable of the big three on that side. So in, in that case, I'm not going to bet Coco Golf to win her quarter because – if she wins her quarter, she takes out the number one seed. I'm going to just kind of win, take her to win the tournament in that price. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think whether it's those types of futures or, you know, whether you're just looking at round one matches, uh, I definitely think that there's a, a plenty of good ways to bet this tournament. But, yes, that's what I would, uh, that's what I would say for, for, for a couple of individual ones. Yeah, on the ladies' side, uh, Sviatic is a plus 110 favorite to win the whole thing on BetMGM. Uh, Sabalinka plus 650, uh, Ribikina at 9-1. to one. It is interesting that Sviatic is such a sizable favorite on a grass surface when perhaps she is a little bit more vulnerable. And to me, uh, Coco Goff uh, is a great pick, but it does seem like that uh, on the ladies' side, it's better to attack it different ways than just going chalky. Yeah, well, I think the problem for Rabak and I, when we saw it in the draw, she drew Ange Dubur at the top of her quarter. That's going to be incredibly difficult because Rabak and I has been dealing with some health concerns over the last, really over the last month. She had to pull out of the French Open with an illness. Uh, she had to pull out with another illness uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago. So no one really knows what we're going to see from Rabak and I. Now, grass is one of those surfaces. You can just step right onto grass and be good. Uh, you don't really need a ton of time back to rehab. We saw that with well, plenty of players, Matteo Garrapini last year. Um, and Rabakin obviously won this event last year. She has a huge serve. So if anyone can do it, it's her. But she is in a very difficult quarter with Beatrice Harad Maya, who I think is, an, is a, kind of a sleeper, to be honest. The way she played Sviatek at the French Open, she has a ton of grass court experience. She won two grass titles last year. Hadad Maya is a sleeper in my eyes. Pliskova's in the same quarter. And Ange Chabreau has been one of the most reliable grass court players in the world. I believe 22-5 and five over the last three seasons. So um, that's a, that's a firecracker of a draw there. Uh, I have no idea who's going to come out of there, but that's why the odds have shifted so drastically. But, no, I, I agree with you, Ed. It's very surprising to see Sviatek as this big of a favorite. It's just the problem is there's just no one in her quarter besides maybe Coco Goff in the, in the quarterfinals that's really going to bother her. But no, I, I don't I don't think that she has it in her to win this tournament, although I will say this could be her her best finish of her career. I mean that's that seems pretty easy to say just given what we've seen with the draw. Do you get into much live betting when it comes to Wimbledon? Absolutely. And I think live betting is one of the things that makes tennis great because there's no clock, right? So you can you can cash a huge you can have cash an underdog who's at match point or down match point at like 5-2, and they could be plus 4,000, and then all of a sudden they save the match point, they get to deuce, they break, they stay in the match. I mean, the odds can shift. You can go from five minutes, your, your player you bet on can be minus 400 to win, and then it could become a pick in about five minutes. Like, that's how quickly things change. So that's why it's a good sport to live bet, cash mm-hmm. out uh, right away. You can bet games, you can bet sets. 
So, yes, I would say it. But I would also say there's two real strategies that go into it. I would say the first one is, you know, taking a favorite that drops the first set, obviously, uh, or even drops the first two sets is a, is a popular one. But I actually like if you like an underdog and they lose the first set in a tie break, say, or very, very excruciatingly close, the underdog is going to be even longer. So you maybe you got a 200 plus 200 underdog. Now they're plus 400 plus five, you know, plus 350, whatever it is. Uh, you know, if you like them pre-match, you can get more on them now, or you could just get better odds. Um, but yeah, mm. I mean, the, the odds fluctuate so much there, and it's just a, a very crazy sport to live bet. But it is a very popular one to live bet as well. I uh, misquoted uh, some of the odds uh, on the ladies' side for Wimbledon. Uh, Sviatic plus two seventy-five. Uh, you know, Sabalenka plus 550 and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, still, though, uh, Sviatic, a sizable favorite, and definitely there are other ways uh, to bet the lady side. But uh, going back to Djokovic here, who, again, massive favorite at minus 150, uh, what about rollover bets? Is that perhaps uh, more lucrative uh, than just betting a future? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that... Djokovic is one of those cases that I think it's going to be more difficult to do a rollover bet throughout the tournament. I think that honestly grabbing the minus 150 is just the best price at this. I mean, best deal. I mean, I did it. I think that especially now that the draws out, I don't see much in his way. And again, once again, I'm just going to say this guy's won Wimbledon the last four years and three of his biggest competitors, Rafa uh, or four, really Roger, if you want to go all the way back. Uh, Rafa, Roger, Berrettini, and Kyrgios are all really either out of the tournament or not big factors here. Um, so what it comes down to is whether or not you believe Carlos Alcaraz had as it, as it in him to win, you know, five, five, six matches, get deep enough to actually face uh, Djokovic and then beat Djokovic on his preferred surface. Uh, when Carlos got him on Carlos's preferred surface a couple of like, few weeks ago and, and tensed up in the moment. Now the cramping in theory, or is not going to be an issue. And, uh, you know, I, I know it was nerve-related cramping, but still not long points. The weather's going to be very nice. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, I see landmines in that draw. I see maybe Runa in the quarterfinals could be a tough one for him. Francis Tiafo, if he gets there, I mean, he's a very good slicer of the ball, huge serve. Don't sleep on Alexander Zverev or Nikola Jari. It looked really good on a grass court. Uh, they're going to face him in potentially the fourth round, one of those guys. So I, I think what it comes down to is, like, who are the real – you know, who, who is Djokovic's real competition? I just don't see it here. Uh, I see plenty of, you know, fun stories, maybe guys that could make some, make some runs. But, yeah, I think, I think betting on Novak Djokovic to win this tournament at minus 150, because I would make him probably minus 190, uh, is just a very, very good decision. Yep, I love it. Uh, what about today's baseball card? Anything jump out at you, Kenny? I have not even had a ch- – I've been buried in this Wimbledon draw. But you know what? Because because I like you guys, I will I – will, no, I, uh, I I will like – so, yeah. I Well, Matt Liberatore is pitching against Luis Severino, and I actually like Luis Severino as a bit of a bounce-back candidate here. I think he's pitched poorly, but I think he's – I think he's found some velocity in recent starts. And Matt Liberatore, the Yankees are actually not very good at hitting fastballs this year, but a, a matchup against a curveball pitcher could be a very good one for them. So I kind of I, I kind of like the Yankees honestly on the road, despite the fact that their offense has been terrible. Um, and uh, honestly, honestly, despite the fact that TJ Crone's back, I also like the Tigers on the road here at minus one fifteen against Austin Gomber. They hit lefties decently well. Michael Lorenzen's been good. Not former National League pitcher, not going to be really too fearful of pitching at cores. 
kind of like that spot as well. Love it. About 30 seconds left. Do you want to spend that time hating on the Mets? Sure. I mean, it, 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 I, I actually feel bad for Mets fans. I think Mets fans and Yankee fans have the same gripe this year, which is that their team spends so much money on these players. And on a, on a daily basis, you just, you're like, who the heck is this guy? Like, who is this guy pitching? You know, this team is spending more money than any team ever. How can they not get better than Jeff Brigham in the eighth inning? So I feel bad. Uh, they're not playing fundamental baseball anymore, which is why they're losing. I feel terrible. Um, and Jeff McNeil has, has me in a dark place. and just start hitting. Kenny Ducey, always bringing it. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, can analyzing fantasy football strategy help us as betters? You're about to get sharper about the upcoming football season right here on the BetQL Network.